Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Spiritual Armory Podcast. The title of the message today is Help My Unbelief, and we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 9, verses 17 to 24. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, Master is Jesus in in this case, I have brought unto thee my son which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him, and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground, and wallowed, foaming, and he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire, and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us, and help us. Jesus said to him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So what we see here in this particular account is the desperate cry of a father at the end of his rope on what to do to help his son who who knew exactly how long this had been going on we're only told since he was a child we don't know how old he is now either we can assume that going to the disciples isn't the first time that this father has sought help for his son and this was a teachable moment for Jesus Jesus talked to him and most likely teaching his disciples at the same time speaks of the lack of faith and goes on to tell them that this type of demon can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. Just prior to this statement though this father of the child cried out and said with tears Lord I believe help thou mine unbelief. Now this is an interesting statement I believe. Help my unbelief. It raises a lot of questions. One of the questions that gets often asked about this situation is, why would Jesus answer this father's plea? After all, doesn't the Bible say that without faith it is impossible to please God? And then we're also told that Jesus was unable to perform many miracles in his hometown due to the lack of belief in Mark 6, 5. So then Matthew 17, 20, though, says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So the big thing here is the father did have at least 
a little bit of faith, enough to cry out to Jesus. He wanted to believe, and he was desperate. This had been going on a while, and now the disciples being able to cast it out probably shook his belief a little more. Have you ever stopped believing? I mean, not in God altogether, but just that he can and will or even wants to help you. See, this is an experience I think that we've all had at some point. We want to believe, but we have doubts. Like the Father, we've been trying for years, and nothing we do seems to work. Sometimes we pray, and we've been through this so much, we become jaded. And this is a dangerous place to be. If you think back to the movie a few years ago, God's Not Dead, the college professor in this movie is an avowed atheist and angry with God. At the end of the movie, we learn that the professor became an atheist, became angry at God, because, as he put it, he, God, took everything from me. I know people like this. They feel like God either can't or won't help, or that God's taken everything from them. Yours could be yours or someone else's illness. You see, or experience suffering, praying often that God will heal, that God will fix things, yet things only get worse. Praying for an unsaved friend or a family member, we wonder if they're ever going to surrender to God. Then sometimes we have financial burdens, and they have your family wondering if you'll ever be able to pay your bills. Where's your next meal going to come from? Sometimes we pray for a job breakthrough. You're trying to get a better position or a better job, but it seems like you're always overlooked or underappreciated. You just seem to never get credit or you never seem to see the fruits of your labor. And sometimes it's marital problems. Things are just not good in your marriage. It's not all that you hoped it would be. All of these things and many others can make us start to doubt. They might shake our belief a little bit. Not too long ago, I was struggling with something, and honestly, I, I can't remember what it was now. But I was talking to my wife about it, and the first thing she asked me was, are you praying about it? And I was able to say yes. So her second question was, are you praying and expecting an answer? And again, I was able to say yes. But it got me to thinking, a lot of times we, as Christians, go to God in prayer, but we do it because it's what we're supposed to do. We don't actually expect an answer. In some cases, we may have a bad track record in our prayer life, and we misapply it. Well, well here's what I mean. James 4.3 says that ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Okay, so growing up, and we're talking when I was a kid here, growing up 
I believed in God, and I knew to pray. I was taught to pray early in my life. I was taught when I was only about five or six years old. Uh, my grandma taught me to pray. And the thing is, I did pray, and I sought forgiveness. I prayed for family members. But I also acted like God was Santa Claus or some genie with infinite wishes. I asked him for toys, I asked him for money, etc. Whatever. Those prayers obviously didn't get answered. And that was my fault, not God's. I was a kid. And I approached God as a kid, and he understood that. Fortunately, I've matured. Well, I've matured somewhat since then. See, we trust God for our salvation, but we don't trust him to manage the small ins and outs and even the big ins and outs of our life. We've got to trust God with all aspects of our life. Sometimes I think we're afraid we won't like God's answer, and that affects our belief. Here's some really good news. Whether you call it belief, confidence, or trust, it's not something that we can obtain without help. Faith itself is a gift from God. No matter how much we have, we will always need a little more, though. That being said, there are ways to grow in our faith and to make our faith stronger. A daily renewing of our trust in Jesus is a good way to start. Ask him, just as the Father did, God fulfilled his request because there was a sincere desire for personal growth in his Father. Ask him daily if you have to. As a matter of fact, we should probably ask him daily. If you'll notice, as you read through the Psalms, many of them, a uh, few examples, 78, 105, 106, 135, and 136 recount the things that God has done for Israel or for an individual in their past. See, earlier I mentioned that sometimes our prayer life has a bad track record. God, on the other hand, has a perfect track record. Think back to the situations that God has brought you through before or the situations that you've seen him move in. This will also increase your faith. In addition to our testimony, it will help encourage others, and it can also help encourage us. So give your testimony. Think about your testimony. Recall where God's come through in the past. 1 Samuel 36 says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. See, David was the author of many of the Psalms. Many times when he started to get down and discouraged, he would write a psalm or remind himself that God is to be trusted. And then also remember Romans chapter 8 verse 28. All things work together for the good to them that love God. Not some things, not most things, all things. And this can be hard to come to terms with in the midst of a trial, but this again is when 
we can look back at the previous trials and see that God has brought us through. So sometimes we have to be patient. God don't have the same timetable that we do. 2 Peter 3, 9 says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, we want things to happen right now, and if they don't, we start to doubt. We've become so impatient as a society that two minutes is too long to heat your food up in the microwave. We've become so impatient that if we're watching streaming shows, just waiting that 30 seconds for the ad to clear drives us crazy. And that's gotten shorter. Back in the day, we used to tolerate two, three-minute commercial breaks. Now, through streaming, they were able to cut it to 30 seconds, and we're still, we're still going crazy. But we have to be patient. We have to wait on God. And sometimes waiting builds character. So instead of starting to doubt, let's look at some of the God's greatest servants. They had to wait. Noah, he waited 120 years. Moses, he waited 40 years. David had to wait, even though he was anointed to be king, he had to wait. Jesus even had to wait for the right time. Just because you are waiting, don't lose your faith. Jesus' brother James gives us these reassuring words. In chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, he says, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In some respect, faith is like exercise, going to the gym to work out. As you're going to the gym, hitting the weights or the treadmill, training for that run, you get stronger, you get faster. And the more you use those muscles, the stronger they become, the bigger they become. And it's each time we face a faith crisis, each time we're forced outside of our belief threshold, our faith grows. Our faith grows stronger and trust grows stronger. And we're sometimes a lot quicker and a lot faster to rely on that faith. So as I close today, be encouraged. If you're waiting on something right now, if you feel that you can't hold on, and if you're wondering where God is, hang in there. He's right there with you, waiting to help your unbelief. Mark 9, 25-29 closes with this. See, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried out and rent him sore. 
and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, This kind can only come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. So, sometimes prayer and fasting are the only ways to get past a situation. But I want to encourage you today. God is there, and Jesus is waiting to help you. Sometimes we have to reach out. Sometimes we have to ask. Sometimes we have to keep asking. But Jesus is there, and he desires to help you. He desires to comfort you. And he desires to be with you to go through whatever the trial is that you're going through. So as we close today, I'm going to close with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you that you're always there for us. We thank you for the faith that you do give us, and many times a faith that needs to grow. We ask today that you would grow each of our faiths where it needs grown, and to where people are hurting today, where people are struggling today, where people are ill today. We ask that you would come into their lives, that you would move those mountains, that you would give us the faith to move those mountains. Lord, we, we ask these things knowing that you can do them. And I say, as the Father did in Mark, I believe, we believe. Help our unbelief. Help us to grow our faith. For it's in these things that we ask in the precious name of our Lord and your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.